0: Okay, hello. My name is Hannah Bos. I work at STI AIDS in Netherlands as an infectious disease consultant and a program manager. Welcome to our podcast. We're working today across the North Sea about quality improvement in gum clinics and HIV care. I'm talking with Anne Hartley. Can you introduce yourself, Anna?
1: Yes, hi. I'm Anna Hartley and I'm an ST6 specialist registrar in gu medicine genital urinary medicine in the uk in east london and i previously had a one year um, out of program from training um, experience working as an improvement advisor for ucl partners um, which is an academic health science partnership and i was mainly working at basildon hospital trying to um, integrate quality improvement work into their trust which is where i got my experience
0: so let's start with a very basic question. How, how do you define quality?
1: So there's many different definitions of quality. And I think it's about thinking about the best service you've ever received and how that made you feel. That may be a restaurant or it may be a hotel. And it's striving to create the same within our clinics. I think even in healthcare, we can and we should aim for the same high quality um, that we get in restaurants or hotels. The Institute of Medicine defines quality as the degree to which health services for individuals and populations, which I think is key when we talk about sexual health and HIV, um, increase the likelihood of desired health outcomes and are consistent with current professional knowledge. Uh, More succinctly, Lord Darsey says it should be personal and effective and clearly safe care.
0: But we're talking now about gum clinics and HIV STI clinics, and we should know we should strive for quality, but how can we do that in our kind of services?
1: I think we do deliver high quality services to our patients, and there's plenty of examples of this with national work that we do and local service improvement we work, we do. But it's about striving for more and stri- striving for continuous improvement, integrating our uh, continuous improvement into our daily clinical um, work life and including the whole team with it. We need to ensure we measure the quality of our services um, and measure them appropriately and in a meaningful way. If we have data sets which monitor our quality outcomes in real time, um, this allows us to understand our variation in our services. If we only measure the quality of our services every six months or annually, so in in many senses ad hocly, we can't claim to know the quality of the care we provide. Therefore, we can't learn from what we're doing and we can't strive to improve. I think it's also about thinking um, what our patients want and do we actually uh, hand on heart know uh, what our patients want from the services we deliver. But a patient's experience uh, will often start from arrival at the hospital, uh, parking in the hospital, the greeting they get uh, from reception, what the waiting room looks like, um, if they're told how long they're going to wait um, in the clinic for. And it's not, you know, that might be as important to them as their actual encounter um, with the doctor or nurse uh, they sit opposite in in the clinical room.
0: And um, I think we all have experience with uh, audits Uh, In your article, you say that audits do not bring about real quality improvement. So why is that?
1: So um, audits are useful, and I've certainly done lots of audits in my time. Um, But I think they're a branch of quality improvement, and that's what we need to recognise. They're a part of it. Audits can establish the baseline from which to improve. They identify problems or deficits in care. And certainly national audits, which um, we do very well in the United Kingdom in uh, HIV and sexual health services, allow us to benchmark our local services and see how well we're doing. But the methodology of audit is really one measurement followed by a change, which we often quote as an improvement before we know it really is, and then one further measurement after the change, a so-called re-audit which should demonstrate improvement. But this approach to measurement really only rarely brings about quality improvement because you've only got two data points, one pre and one post change. One data point after the change does not provide evidence of a sustained, reliable improvement. You've got a 50% chance of that re result uh, being in the direction that you want it to go. So services can be falsely reassured that improvements have occurred. Also, I'm sure most clinicians listening have undertaken audits where they have not re audited. They've made a change and left it at that. I certainly have. One study within paediatrics showed that only 22% of audits have led to a re audit. So often there's not even the post analysis, um, post change analysis to to actually compare um, or to see how the improvement um, or the change has been. Whereas The difference in quality improvement is this is based on continuous improvement, uh, continuous measurement. So you're measuring perhaps weekly, perhaps monthly or even daily. So you have several data points um, after the change that you've tested to show and demonstrate improvement. So you can more reliably say you've actually ingrained a sustained improvement in your system You can only learn as much as you measure. So if you only measure six monthly or annually, you can only learn and improve six monthly or annually. Whereas if you measure daily or weekly, you can learn and change and try and improve more rapidly. And the problem with audit is often that we use big sample sizes. And obviously, if I'm saying we need to measure weekly or monthly or even daily, that's not possible to do if you're measuring 50 or 60 patients a time. But quality improvement is about smaller sample size. So just enough um, sample to give you a flavour of whether a problem exists in the system. Can you
0: tell me, Anna, what are characteristics of real quality improvement, do you think?
1: So I think when we talk about characteristics of quality improvement, it's a good time to talk about the methodology, which um, we advocate um, the model for improvement, which is uh, from the Institute of Healthcare Improvement. And it's very simple and it basically asks three questions. And if you follow these three questions and answer them, you're effectively undertaking a quality improvement project. The first is, what are we trying to accomplish? That's the aim. How will we know change and improvement? That's about measurement. And what changes can we make that will result in an improvement? And that's uh, making and testing changes. So breaking that up, um, firstly, thinking about our aim, it's about having the right aim and making the aim relevant to patients. I think often we look too much at process-based questions like, are we filling out proformers? Uh, for example, are we filling out proformers on all um, under 18s to look at safeguarding issues? That's great, but it's not directly relevant to that young person. Um, it um, doesn't necessarily mean that if we're filling out this proforma that they're getting good care. Um, So an aim in quality improvement would be more patient-focused. For example, are all young people who attend our services receiving safe medical, social care, and are safeguarding issues being identified? Uh, The pro forma would just then be a part of the project. The second question, looking at measurement. So how will we know change and improvement? I've talked a bit about measurement already, but it's about small sample sizes, just enough to see um, if there's a problem in the system but measuring much more regularly. So measuring perhaps weekly or monthly it depends on the project but you can only learn as much as you measure and you can only improve or make changes as much as you have the data to do that. And finally it's about what change can we make that will result in improvement. So the characteristics within quality improvement is understanding that it's rare that only one change will lead to an improvement in the system, but often multiple steps are needed. Changes must be tested and tested many times. And we recommend using PDSA cycles to um, to test these changes. Uh, in brief, a PDSA sample, uh, cycle is um, thinking about a change which you think will bring about an improvement. And the P would be uh, planning how you're going to test if that change actually works, if that test actually leads to an improvement. The D of the PDSA is doing it. So you're going to put that change to the test. Within the planning stage, you're going to work out how you're going to measure if it works. So the PDSA, the S in there is studying the outcome of the test that you performed. And A is with those measurements um, having studied the outcome of the uh, change you're going to act and you're either going to say actually we thought that change would lead to an improvement but it really doesn't we're going to scrap it you're going to adapt it or you're going to accept it and ingrain it in your system and it's important to test changes lots of times and scale them up so test on a very small scale first of all perhaps just with one if it's a pro forma uh, with one patient then test it on five learn from your measurements then test it on one morning in clinic. Too often in so-called quality improvement projects, we initiate a large scale change and we call it an improvement before we even know it's been one. We roll it out across many services and that's at odds with what we recommend with quality improvement uh, methodology.
0: So you talked about characteristics of quality improvement, but why do you think a whole team should be involved?
1: Because healthcare is about teamwork, and sexual health clinics are reliant on um, good teamwork and quality improvements. And extension of this, improving quality is everyone's business. It's not just the clinicians. It's not just um, you know one one um, area of healthcare. For example, if clinic waiting times are too long, um, you need to know what the reception staff think, what the nurses think, the doctors, the health advisors, the technicians. They will all understand different parts of the system, so they'll be able to add to your um, your project and your work. And it's about getting people involved from the start, because, for example, if you only get reception involved uh, towards the end, or if you just give them um, a change which you'd like them to initiate, they may be reluctant to get on board um, and they may drag their feet a bit. Um, you need to get everyone involved from the beginning and it should be a fun and engaging process. And also it's good to get ideas from the whole team um, because you want to have innovative ideas and it might not be the first idea which one person thinks of which is actually going to work.
0: So what, what do you think is required to bring about a real and successful introduction of quality improvement?
1: So in the United Kingdom, I think we are getting there and lots of uh, specialties are trying to move more towards quality improvement. But um we're so ingrained in doing audit, and I think it's the knowledge of quality improvement and its methodology hinders its application across all of the NHS. I think on a national level, we should start be doing a quality improvement as part of our curriculum and, and phase out audit, which is what other specialties have done. I think it's um, about ensuring other members of the multidisciplinary team, consultants, the nurse practitioners, the health advisors, all of our teams, are training up, and there are courses out there online courses through the Institute of Healthcare Improvement. There's also courses run through the rural colleges, and I know the Royal College of Physicians um, does, does some courses on quality improvement. And more locally, I think it's about getting going, looking at your audits in your department and working out which ones of them could be quality improvement, engaging the whole team around it, make it exciting. And there will be champions in your hospital. There will be people not necessarily in your department, but there will be people in the hospital who who know a bit more perhaps about quality improvement, who I'm sure will be more than willing um, to come and give some advice. But really, I think it's about just trying to switch the way we think and just start, start on a small scale with one audit, trying to turn it into a quality improvement project.
0: Can you give me an example from your own experience of a successful quality improvement in a gum clinic?
1: I've got a couple of examples um, at local level of where um, quality improvement projects have been undertaken. The first is in in my service where we had a backlog of um, some results which were were not being acted on, perhaps in a timely manner, results which um, were less uh, mainstream results and needed um, clinicians' um, discretion to to analyse and act on the result. And um, Through uh, measurement of um, how quickly these were being acted on and the the measurements were being done weekly and through small tests of change using the whole team and all their ideas, we managed to get the backlog um, down to um, working it in real time so that, you know, all results um, were being acted on in a timely way. We set up a new system, a new process for this to go through communication uh, with our colleagues was improved there was a better format for this we had clearer pathways and we measured throughout to show um, that improvement was being made another example is looking at waiting times in clinics and a colleague of mine looked at this as uh, so they felt that patients were waiting too long to be seen by a clinician so they started measuring this um, on a daily and weekly level and these ideas from the whole team with regard to why they felt people were waiting too long they improved use of postal kits for sexual uh, sexually transmitted infection testing so they reduced their weight stack by improved use of these postal kits they improved communication uh, with the team so there was a clearer clearer flow for the patients through the clinic they created a more efficient slot times. so the, the, the way the patients were actually seen in the clinic. They involved reception and they involved the patients more and they made sure that patients were being informed more about how long the waiting time was. So that improved patient satisfaction, too. And I know also Chelsea and West, Westminster have done some work on HIV testing in the emergency department. So testing patients who are turning up to the emergency department for HIV. And they did that through quality improvement methodology. And certainly an HIV testing um, project is something which could be done uh, more nationally with quality improvement uh, methodology. And as you've alluded to before, Hannah, that that works on both patient and um, public health levels in terms of improving our quality.
0: Hannah, thank you very much for your insights. Here ends our podcast, and I hope we all will read your beautiful article about how to integrate quality improvements into gum and HIV uh, services.